Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. I'm your host, James Bell, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the studio, Kat Hutchings. Kat is the owner of Spotlight Jewelry. Well, you'll learn that's one of her companies and also of Moonlight Supplies, and there's more. She's also a business coach helping grow sales and helping others grow their sales and influence on Etsy. What gives Kat the credibility to be a business coach? Well, check out these stats. She has two stores that are both in the top 1% of all Etsy stores. And with more than 100,000 sales on the platform, she has generated more than $1 million in revenue. Kat Hutchings is an Etsy rock star, and if you'd like, she can help you become one too. Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, James. That was a super fantastic intro. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) You bet. Well, let's get started. At a high level, what should our audience know about Kat Hutchings? I think I'm a longtime listener, love the podcast, and I know this is the question that I am probably the least prepared to answer. (laughs) What do you need to know? I'm just whatever comes out here. Let's see. I grew up in Southern California, went to, you know, pretty much stayed there my whole life, knew it's not when you hear Southern California, it was more think desert armpit Southern California situation. (laughs) I will even say it because a lot of people actually know it's this funny little town called Victorville. Um, Absolutely no shade. If anyone from my hometown is ever listening, I loved it. I had a wonderful childhood, you know, teenage years there, great friends, but knew it was definitely not somewhere I was going to end up. So went to school in Idaho and I met my husband there. And that's Kind of the beginning of the story here, we went to um, BYU-Idaho, graduated, and then he got a job with a really large company out here. And we have Mm -hmm. been here ever since. I think that was like 13 years ago. So, Yeah, I I think I've heard of the company. Yes, probably. Um, Well, Kat, (laughs) it's your lucky day. We actually target Victorville with that. We don't. I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. I knew it. You know, when I was exploring the possibility of relocating my family to Bentonville, I spoke with a ton of folks, uh, 50, more than 50 people to be almost exact. That was smart. Good for you. Uh, And what I wanted to learn was what I could about the community and the opportunities here. And you were one of those people. So first, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, I didn't know I was one of 50, I feel. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. It's, it's, a little less special. Now. That no, was, no, you were one of 50 plus That was so people many years ago. With. That's so fun. Well, about a little less than three years ago. It's hard yeah, to believe. That's crazy. Um, you know, I was searching for local entrepreneurs on LinkedIn. I discovered you and I sent a connection request and a note. And the next day we're on a Zoom. So thank you for uh, taking that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I mean, and before you even skim over this, James, I was hoping, and you brought it up in the story and everything, because I was like thinking back, you know, you try to retrace like, 
it sometimes gets to the point like, how did I even, how do I know James? Like, yeah. when did we meet? And I was remembering. And I just wanted to pause here and say, you know, this Bentonville Beacon podcast that you're doing, like I knew I felt so special with that meeting that we did. Like, and I was like, I, and at the time you didn't even have, I know it was a very real possibility. You were thinking of relocating mm -hmm. here. Right. You had some options, but I just remember thinking like, they better hire this guy. Cause the fact, like the way you reached out to me and I could just feel how much you were like, tell me about you as an entrepreneur there. What are your struggles? What are you doing? And we just had this conversation and I was like, it was just kind of like, who does that? You know, but the point of that is like, you are such a good person for this job and what you're doing here. And I knew that three years ago. And I, I think I probably even joked to you, like, you tell me who I need to call and vouch for. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's anyone really. But the fact is I could just, I knew that that was just going to be an important piece of this, just this excitement and movement that I felt in the community. And I was like, we need to this guy needs to be a part of that. And so, and here we are three years later. I'm like, well, thrilled. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I'll put your check in the mail for saying that. Perfect. Thank you. As uh, discussed. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I think the neat part about that conversation was I did get to learn about you uh, as well as Bentonville, but I got to learn your story. And I think it's simply a fantastic story. So I'd like to dive into that. Yeah, you bet. So what brought you talk more? Well, your your husband uh -huh. brought you, y'all came to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. He did have a, a an interview with a little company called yep, Walmart yep, and yep. landed the gig. And so what led you to found Spotlight Jewelry? Yeah, so this is a fun story too. And I yeah. hope, you know, I don't, the people who listen to this podcast, I just want to put a little shout out. Like a lot of them I know plugged into the community, love it as much as I do, all about the business, everything going on here. But there are so many young, like people that need encouragement, especially I think sometimes it does lean towards like women in a lot of those cases. If you hear this episode and if you think of anyone who's like thought of starting a business or, you know, like has this thing that they love to do that they've thought about selling, just share this episode with them. Cause that's one of my favorite things is to like share this story. Cause I'm like mm -hmm. the poster child of if I can do this, anyone can do this. So going back to your question, we we're going to school. I was majoring in broadcast journalism, actually. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, we didn't have these amazing Ignite programs and things. So it's like, I did my internship towards the end of the semester, you know, to I'm getting ready to graduate. And I find out, you know what, this is not what I thought. I don't know if I want to do this. So I got engaged to a guy and it's so funny now to think back. It's so just absolutely silly because I was born to do this. Mm -hmm. But he was a business major. And I thought, you know what? We're getting married. If you ever want to start a business, I'm going to take like some business classes just in case I want to like help keep your books or something. Sure. That would be fun. Like literally the idea of starting my own business, not even a thought, not even like an inkling. That was, I remember like that was the reason. So took this entrepreneurship class and you had to do a business plan. I'm like, well, it might as well maybe be something I do someday if I'm going to spend the time. So Landed on making jewelry at the time. Mm -hmm. I was in my early 20s. I think I was like 23 years old or something. And I love just, you know, big, fun, cheap, fancy jewelry. And I was like, man, I bet, I wonder if I could make this. And so I started making stuff and I had a sister-in-law that found out and she said, you should sell that on Etsy. And I said, what's Etsy? <laughs> so again, that was 13 some years ago, Etsy's only been around for, I want to say like 15 or 16. So they, I didn't, I'd never even heard of them, you know, took some pictures, posted some of this stuff online. 
And that it just took off from there. So by the time when we were getting ready to graduate and stuff, I was like, hey, I'm really kind of I've got this little thing on Etsy going. I thought at that time I wanted to be a full time stay at home mom. Uh So I was like, you do your Walmart thing. I'm going to just play around with this business and then we'll have some kids and go from there, figure things out. So that's kind of how it started. And then the journey after that and the learning and growth that the business went through, that I went through has just been absolutely fantastic. And Bentonville, I feel like has been a huge part of that for sure. That is so cool. I mean, so you started making jewelry, it turned into a business. And did you have any idea how big this business would turn? Never. No, I even remember, I don't have a great memory. So when I remember little nuggets, I'm pleased with myself. I remember having conversations with Again, my husband, you know, he's just my unpaid business consultant for the past like decade. (laughs) But I'll be like talking to him, bouncing ideas off. And like the little milestones, like there was a time where he was trying to convince me to raise my prices. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "Okay, like, let's do the math. If you sell this many at this price. And he was like, if you made like 10 sales a day. And I was like, that will never happen. That's impossible. And I was kind of like grumpy and angry because at the time, you know, you're making a couple things. And so I remember that conversation and now looking back how silly that is, because we literally, I mean, we do thousands, like I've I've done over a hundred thousand sales on the platform. That was absolutely not without, you know, in the realm of possibility. I just had no idea back way when I started. So yeah, I think now that it's, you just have no idea until you really get started and start doing it, what it's going to become. That is, that is so cool. I love that story. So, um, Making handmade jewelry. I mean, uh-huh. that's, that's a real craft, right? Yeah. I mean, there has to be, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of love and attention to detail that goes into it. What is your goal when you make a new piece? Yeah, with making a new piece of jewelry, I think for me, it it's kind of gone through phases. There was times where it was so, like the business needed to grow so much. I was, my hands got a little tied as like mm-hmm. a creative. And it was kind of like, I focused a lot more on kind of SEO and what people were looking for and what the market was wanting and making some of that. But as time has gone on and the business now kind of has its, you know, it's like I explained, it's like a snowball. You know, once you start your business Mm -hmm. going, you're like, you're pushing it, but it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and easier until it's almost like you're making so much more traction and you're not, you're doing less and going further, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now with my designs, it's really, it's gone back to that creative. So now I'm not as like, okay, We got, it's like more like, what am I in the mood for? Like, what am I leaning toward? What trends are happening? What's speaking to me? I go, like, I have a lot of different suppliers where I purchase all the components from and I just browse their selection, look at their new stuff. You know, I still definitely, SEO is still a large Mm -hmm. part of that particular business model. And, you know, like, I I mean, we went through a like mushroom earring phase and now like leaning into spring and summer, we got some, I'm doing like a big fruit launch. People are wanting like all kinds of fruit and stuff in their jewelry. so. It's all over the board and that's what's made the Etsy piece so successful. But as I'm sure we'll get to, that's not always the best, I feel like, business plan to really scale. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to niche that down, which is we'll get to. I'm kind of like working on. But for Etsy, it's if you go to the website, it's eclectic. It's butterflies. It's spiders. It's all kinds of stuff. Gemstones, you know, everything. Well, you know, I, you did something pretty smart, though. I mean, you were working in your business versus on your business mm-hmm. through SEO and the work you did there. You didn't necessarily resist, as many people do, the need to work on your business yep. 
which kind of has helped you come back full circle. Though, oh, yeah, for sure. Where you can work more in the business. And, and so that's kind of cool. How, how do you decide or how do you figure out what people want and how do you decide what to make or sell? Yeah, we, I actually have specific tools and kind of like third-party apps mm-hmm. specifically for SEO. And anyone who knows about search engine optimization, you know, Google keywords, it's kind of like that concept. So there's a couple, if anyone listening is interested in the Etsy world and selling on Etsy, but there's, uh, I have a couple of favorites. Like there's one called Sales Samurai and one called Marmalade and there's another one called E-Rank. But they basically let you do that keyword research specifically for Etsy. So it's like you can look for things and type of items that people are wanting that maybe don't have as much competition or are kind of like trending upwards. And so that's like what I will still try to lean into as I'm, you know, just combing through, looking at all of those different keywords. And I have now, I have one of my, the women that work with me, like she's kind of like my SEO person now. And she kind of helps like do the descriptions and titles and stuff. And once I, figure out, okay, this is what we're doing. She can go in and do a little more with it. But It's a smart business model. I, I was thinking, you know, you could hire folks whose names are that end in .ai now, perhaps, yes, to tie all yes, of that exactly, like we're, together. We're Not to about. replace your person, uh-huh. uh, but as, a, so as an it's adjunct, crazy. right? Because you still have to have a domain knowledge and so on yeah. uh, to really make AI work uh, for you. Absolutely. Would you like to talk about the the growth of the business? I mean, what growth pains and then opportunities to employ people have come up and and how have you addressed those challenges and opportunities? What have you done about it? Yeah, I think it's a big part of it has been like in a weird way, almost like networking. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what you don't know for little click phrases. And I remember there was kind of like this turning point in my business. So I was just trucking along, you know, for years, just reading the blogs, doing all the things, grinding. Hiring my first employee, I was probably a solopreneur for the first like two or three years, making everything, mm-hmm. shipping everything. You know, at that time, I kind of had the first baby. And so things got a little trickier. So it finally got to the point where I had to hire that first person. And that was a huge, like, I can never, no one's going to make this stuff like me. No one's going to know and do uh-huh. it and care. And it was like, once I got past that first roadblock and I hired that first assistant, the business, like, had this huge jump and increase and it really gave me my sea legs. And it was like almost for the first time I was like, oh, wait, like this, this this could be a business, you know? And so it Uh just progressed from there. So it's like one higher then two, then three, then four, you know? And so you just keep going with that and learning. Like even now I'm still like doing that in my business. There's pieces that I am slowly just handing off and handing off more and more. Like I just started teaching one of my one of the people I work with, how to do my inventory. Like, okay, this is how you order whenever we need reorders and do all of that. And it's such a funny thing, but I've been doing that for years. And there's so many pieces of that in your business. If you can take the time and gain that confidence and trust in the people that you're working with and just trusting yourself to let them take that and run with it. I think that really makes a difference. And I mean, even little things like I did this mentoring program and I don't think, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but the Adventure Center, mm-hmm. they do, they have this, it's just started. I think I might've been their first class, but it's called Women Achieve. And so it's all about, they have mentors that come in and mentor you. And sure. I was like a mentee. And so the women that I worked with, like one of them told me about a payroll solution. Like I had been paying my employees as independent contractors, hoping that it was okay. And no, you know, because uh-huh. I just didn't know. I looked and looked and I could not figure out like, 
how do you get people on payroll? And she told me about this program and it seems so silly, but I was like, it's the easiest thing. And now we run everything through this program called Gusto and it's like all done and they get their W-2s and everyone's happy and it's awesome. But it's like so many of those little pieces that just by knowing and being connected around people who have done things like that has just really helped my business to grow because that took a huge thing off my plate. Like, okay, now that, you know, HR and personnel is running a lot smoother. Now we can move on to something else, you know? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people sometimes think, oh, I don't need need a mentor. I don't know what I would talk with them about. I don't know how they would help me. I don't, you know, I'd like to expand my network, but I don't have time to expand my network. Uh What would I talk with other people about? And, you know, they're going to want something from me. You know, it, it turns out talking with other folks leads to the answers you're looking for, because guess what you can do? You can ask them. Yep. You can talk with them about the problems that they have. This is a it. real thing. And a lot of people overlook the, uh, the, the value of that, especially early as entrepreneurs. It was funny to hear you say that you thought this could be a business after you hired your first employee. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I think I mean, because I just, the, the bucket I chose was the Etsy bucket. Uh-huh. It always kind of had this little bit of a stigma Sure. around it of not being a business that I kind of like believed and bought it. To. Again, like I've done so much just mindset work and it's just been fascinating. Again, my growth over the past several years of just looking at things in a slightly different way and realizing like, you know, oh my God, it doesn't matter. Like this is the revenue. These are the people like I'm doing something I love. I get paid. I have my, like, it's a beautiful business and something I'm so proud of, but I don't, it just took so long to get there and realize, because especially I sometimes wonder because we are a little bit in this, you know, there's big companies Mm -hmm. here, you know, you can sometimes like get that feeling like, oh, this is not an act, like that's a business. This is just something. And oh, I was also, I was running it out of my house for a long time. Uh And so it was like, once these things, you know, like people are on payroll, there's an actual office space, inventory, like, okay, like I I get it. We're good. This is a business and I'm very proud of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you have to start somewhere. Yes. You know, something happened along the way, though. You had Spotlight going, uh-huh. and then you started a second business, Moonlight Supplies. What's that all about? Well, How that happened? This is so good. I love people need to. It's just such a fun little piece to add to your tool belt of like, if you're doing a business, like there's always going to be additional ways to make money off of that business. Mm-hmm. And I think my friends tease me sometimes because I'm like, they tell you, tell me you love something, James, and I'm like. How can we monetize it? How can you get paid doing this thing you love? Because I'm always just, it's just a fun little quirky thing about my personality, but I love being able to see different ways to do that, to take something, sell it over here instead, or move it over here and make the money. So that's where Moonlight came from. It's, I was buying, and I will, I will also, I will give my business, my free business partner credit on this one, my husband, but I was buying in huge bulk just because I'm like a value mm-hmm. shopper in my bones. That's how I was raised. You know, I'm like, Hey, I can get a thousand necklace chains for way cheaper than I can get 10 necklace chains. So I started buying in really large bulk. And my husband one day was like, so I love you. I love your business. I believe in everything you're doing here. We do have 10,000 chains sitting in our bedroom. And I, uh-huh. I see how many sales you're doing a day. And I'm just wondering if you have plans to kind of move through that inventory a little bit. And I was like, probably, I, I don't remember, but I was probably grumpy and I'm like, how, how dare you imply I'm not going to sell 10,000 necklaces? <laughs> He's like, well, you sold 10 last week. 
But so he, I was like, okay, that's a good point. That's fair. And so I realized that you could also sell jewelry supplies Mm -hmm. on Etsy. And so I was like, what if I open a supply business? And so I did. So I started ordering in bulk to get that discount and then reselling those same supplies in smaller. So basically wholesaling. Mm -hmm. So I was getting not only a better price on my jewelry supplies, but then I was still able to move through that inventory and kind of make money as this second, you know, egg over here in this basket, which I love diversity. And so that just made me feel bad. And it was like, sometimes this, like when COVID happened, Mm -hmm. my jewelry business tanked because I was like, oh man, we're, we're going under, no one needs earrings in a pandemic, but guess what? Everyone was home and wanted to make things. And so my supply business skyrocketed. But then once everyone realized, I think kind of in some ways the world wasn't completely ending and we all started just shopping online, Uh jewelry sales went back up supplies. So it's been just a really fun way to maximize that revenue. And just a reminder for anyone running a business to always just try to get that out of the box thinking, you know, we were joking about AI, like that's just Uh that one piece that I don't think they'll ever be able to recreate is our ability as humans (laughs) to think outside the box and really try to strengthen that creative muscle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they can be, it can be a great adjunct for us, but we get to actually do the thinking work. (laughs) Um, so it wasn't enough to have spotlight, wasn't enough to have moonlight supplies. You had to start a consulting business. Will you talk about that? What's the deal with that? Yeah. So this is the fun piece I was going to let you bring up. So the consulting, I wanted to talk about this again, just for anyone listening, who's thought about that, like, Hey, I have this knowledge. What about consulting? So that's kind of, I found myself in that space because it, again, it's been like a whole journey, but I kind of hit this wall that many entrepreneurs might experience where you're like, what am I, why am I doing this? I kind of mm-hmm. lost my why for a little bit. And it was like, yes, I love my jewelry. It's very pretty. It makes people happy. They love my stuff. I get great reviews. I've been doing it for a while and it just didn't feel like I was really moving that needle as far, like just humanity and importance. And so and that's when I kind of got the idea for the consulting. I was like, look, I lo- my business is kind of up and running. I have the time. I've got the teams and systems in place where I could help other people do what has brought me so much joy and fulfillment in my life. And so I started my um, Etsy consulting specifically because that's what I knew so well. And I loved, again, just the the kind of people that are often thinking of opening those and what what they're doing and their passions. I loved thinking again of how, how can I help these people to make more monies, to support their families, you know, to quit their full-time jobs and do what they really love. So I started the consulting business and I started, so the way it is set up is I would do Zoom calls with people. Mm -hmm. And so we'd look at their shop together and you can still do this. Like I still have the website and I do it on whenever, you know, people request for that. But I found it wasn't for whatever reason, like the service industry just didn't resonate with me as much. Like I love, there's so many services that I use as a consumer and I recognize the value of that industry, but it was just for me, it was, it was really hard, kind of like the charging piece. It's like, I, I, it was this weird, how do you charge someone for your time? I was always worried that what if they weren't ready for it or in the place where they could really use this knowledge. And so it's like, you kind of want to vet the people and make sure that they are who you're actually going to be able to help. And I just wasn't loving it as much as I thought I would, ironically. And so that was a really fun learning moment for me. And again, just people listening, like it's okay 
to pivot. And I know maybe even if you've heard that, but sometimes just experiencing that for myself and being like, you know what, this wasn't quite what I wanted. I'm not going to focus here right now because right around the same time I had this other idea and business idea come to mind that really I just latched onto and it felt so much more right. Mm -hmm. So the consulting, like I said, if you go to cathutchings.com, if you're serious about, you know, wanting to get on Etsy and learning how to do that, you can absolutely, I'll still book a consult. I love to just do that with people and share all of my knowledge. This is how I do it. The SEO, the everything, you know, um, the tips and tricks and all of that. But instead, I'm definitely not focusing on, you know, advertising that and doing that. It's like, I love to, I love to help people, but I now have this other piece that I'm really excited about and kind of pouring my energy into right now. Oh, excellent. Wait, so that sounds, is that a fourth business? That's a fourth. <laughs> That's why part of me was tempted tell, to be like, tell me, James, tell me don't more. talk about the third. It's going to be too much. Let's just, let's tell, just not talk about that more. one. <laughs> okay. Are so, you in a position to talk about the fourth business? Yes. Yeah. I, and okay, I thought good. about that too. That's why I specifically timed the podcast. So uh-huh. I'm like, I think we'll be able to talk about it by then. So I am starting a brand new jewelry company. Okay. And it's going to be kind of taking everything I learned over the past 12 years, doing it better, but also having it so much more focused and clear. Because again, I look back at that beautiful, sweet little college girl. She didn't even know she was starting a business. Like, I know, like, this is the business. This is Mm -hmm. who it's for. This is what we do. This is why we're doing it. This is the purpose and need that we're fulfilling. And yeah, so it's, it's really exciting. I've got, I've talked to Meredith Lowry about, I got my Very trademark nice. stuff going and the domain. So I feel like, okay, we can, we can get the word out there now. I feel pretty safe and pretty good. Everything's kind of flowing now. So. Oh, that is so cool. Well, you know, sometimes you have to go through a period where you're, you don't realize you're searching, but you discover later that you're searching. Exactly. Gosh, that, that whole, like, how do you charge people for your time thing? Yep. I struggled with the same question until I realized I wasn't charging them for my time. I was charging them for what they were going to do with my time. Yeah. But, and, and then, and then at that point I started charging a lot more and some uh-huh. folks went, whoa, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And others did it and didn't bat an eye. Yeah, exactly. Like, Wait a minute. You mean it was a struggle to get people to pay me more than a hundred bucks an hour, but I can charge them for 300 an yeah. hour and at a minimum of two hours. Yeah. What's that all about? It's, it's, it was it was fascinating exactly, to that's see exactly how like, I feel. the difference yeah. in the people, the way people reacted. And that there were folks who said, nope, I'm not going to pay that. Fine. Great. We're all happy. Yep. But, well, congratulations <laughs> for starting <laughs> number four. Um, so as an owner of multiple business, what does a typical day look like for Cat Hutchings? Is it total chaos or do you just have everything together? Or something in between. 100% everything together. No, <laughs> it is. I really do feel like, and that's something else I'm really proud of and pleased with about my business is over the years, this has not always been the case. Again, mm-hmm. rewind years and years ago. I can't believe I remember having a conversation with my husband that was like, so you're working nights and weekends on this business. And to his defense, I wasn't even like the business in those early phases. It's all the time, no mm-hmm. money. Now it's almost like the exact opposite. You know, it's way less of my time, way more money. And, but you got to, you know, and so I was just grinding and he's like, I think it might be healthy to take nights and weekends off. I love that you love this and are doing it. And he was totally right. That was one of those pivots where I was like, okay, 
let's go, let's just bring it back a little bit and just work Monday through Friday, be off in the evenings. And so now with the business, it's definitely in a really beautiful place where I do get to set my own schedule. And I have like my people, we've discovered even the simplest things, like there's this program called Asana. And it's just like, it's a task management tool. And I remember a couple of years ago, COVID time-ish, some of my employees, we exploded growth, super happy, awesome business problems to have, but we weren't quite prepared for that. And my team is, they are not my crazy entrepreneur mind going a million, you know, there's different personality types. And it seemed like the whole team I had was almost the opposite of that. And they liked structure and organization. And so at the end of Christmas with all the chaos, they were like, so in their loving way, we need to find a better way of doing things or we don't know if we're going to be able to make it. And I said that was it really forced because it was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll get around to it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. And that's when I found a sauna and we started being like, okay, here are all the things, here are all the tasks. This is when they're due. This is who is doing them. And so now again, years later, the house I'm just like, oh, it's so nice to have those systems because now that really is. It's like, I have my Asana. So I wake up, I kind of go in when I want, when I need, I have my Calendly where people are scheduling meetings and things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I'm a little slave to that sometimes, but there's not too many. It's pretty reasonable. And so, yeah, just going through my to-dos like, okay, what am I doing today? I'm working on this project, especially um, this new business I'm doing right now. That's probably taking a lot of my time is just getting all of those ducks in a row. And I'm so excited. Like this business has the potential to be so much bigger than even what I have done and been doing. And that's why I love being here in Bentonville, because I feel like that's been such a huge part of me being able to think so much bigger about the business. And we, you know, we can definitely talk more about that, but I don't know if I would have had this mindset if I would have been somewhere else growing this. Yeah. That is so cool. That's fabulous. <laughs> I don't even know what question to don't ask next with Arkansas. that. I'm going to ask about some of those things. First, I want to ask you about one of the things we talked about in the past is every time you sell something, you donate to Kiva, right? Oh, yes, is that yes, right? yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. You want to talk about Kiva? I would and, love to. I'm so glad you brought um, that up. You know, talk about what it is and how you're involved and encourage people to get involved. Yeah, in so this is, I'm going to share. We're going to yeah. do just a little story time. I promise it'll be interesting. So. Years ago, Startup Junkie mm-hmm. had a, all my friends told me about it. There's flyers everywhere. And they were like, I had so many people, Kat, you got to go. Shark Tank's coming to Bentonville. What? Shark Tank's coming. You got to go on. Because everyone knew I had my Etsy shop and it was doing right. well. And you all, you're an entrepreneur. Go be on Shark Tank. And I was like, okay. I, I kind of knew at that time, I was like, I, the business had been going for years. It wasn't exactly a huge novelty, super sure. what Shark Tank would be looking for. But I was like, they're right here in Bentonville. I can, how can I not go? So I, I bought some crazy gold pants and I started like filling out the application. Like, okay, what are we going to do? And I remember they were asking these questions like, what, tell me about your business. And it was so like, and again, that was like the, the midlife business crisis where I'm like, what am I doing with, I'm just making jewelry. What does that even mean? And so I really started thinking through like, what lights me up? And that's how I found Kiva is mm-hmm. doing this research. I was like, what am I going to tell them about my business? What? So I started donating. I found this group called Kiva where you can lend other businesses across the world money interest-free that they don't have access to capital. Like I love entrepreneurship. I love helping people grow their businesses. And you can specifically, like I know there's a way, like we funded a ton of women 
like you can kind of filter, like, do you want to do certain genders or locations or industries, like all kinds of things. And it's this nonprofit group that I felt really good about. So after I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't end up getting on Shark Tank, spoiler, but I found out that it was this startup junkie group that put it on. Hey, mm-hmm. we're a startup junkie. And so I was like, huh. So I got one of their cards and I called them up. And that was my first introduction to Martha over there. And I can't remember now, it might've been Brett who was also on the call with her, but we were talking, they were asking me about my business. Oh, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? And they were like, well, what lights you up? And I was like, oh, well you ask, I'm actually, I've gotten into this Kiva thing that really is cool with my business. Like we take a, a dollar from every sale and donate it. And Martha was like, we're getting ready to open up a local uh-huh. chapter here. I'm so glad that you do it. Tell me more. And it was just crazy timing. And so it was like Shark Tank led me to find Kiva, which led me to find Startup Junkie, which led me to talk to Martha. And now we have a local chapter here and I love it and would love to just tell more people about it. <laughs> well, isn't that neat? Well, one shortcut to do that shameless plug is I had Martha on the show yes. recently uh, to talk about Kiva. So uh-huh. listeners can check that check that out. Please Not do. until they're finished with this one, of course. <laughs> Don't leave yet. <laughs> if you want to binge watch the Bentonville Vegan Podcast, your next episode is with Martha Londigan. Yes. Kat, you run an e-commerce business mm-hmm. and uh, we've talked about this, a little bit of this. So what's the advantage of doing business from here? I mean, you could do, you could probably do fine in a lot of yeah. places. So short of the fact that you happen to live here, mm-hmm. what are the advantages of running an e-commerce business here or or in being an entrepreneur in Bentonville? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because specifically the e-commerce, I have actually thought many times about opening up a local studio, like mm-hmm. a place where people can come into shop, not from, because I know everyone's like, don't do that brick and mortar, uh, like stay online I from a business perspective. But I love this community. And sometimes I found it hard when I'm networking and stuff. It's like, well, I, I, I'm not actually in Bentonville, but I feel like I'm a very much a part of this. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like for e-commerce, even though I still at this point don't have like a physical location short of where we're actually making and doing stuff again, that's probably mm-hmm. going to change down the road. But I think even just having that network and the support and those resources available to small businesses had really helped my business to grow exponentially, especially like I kind of talked about, like the startup junkie free consulting. And I know people probably hear about these organizations and stuff on the podcast, but that really has made such a pivotal, like that's been such an important part of my business's growth is just, I could never afford to have like a, like we talked about consulting, you know, I'm like, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't pay someone to consult and they do it Pro, they're doing it for free for local businesses to help them to grow and scale and just stimulate this ecosystem. And so I think all of those kind of things, and again, just being around the entrepreneurs here in this area has, I don't think my business could have done what it did without a lot of that support, without the cost starting out. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's absolutely a place for paying for services and consulting, but sometimes getting these businesses up and going to have those kind of resources, I think makes a huge difference. So uh, to those people who donate to those organizations, it really is working. And we're, you know, I'm so grateful for all of that, that we have available here for us. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, it takes a village philosophy, Mm -hmm. right? I I don't think a lot of folks realize how darn 
hard it is to start a business. Yes. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, you know, it's your thing. Yep. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and so on. But if you don't know, yep. if you don't know what you need to know, you just don't know. Where do you turn to for that? If you don't have the resources to get started, where do you turn to that for that, right? And so having a startup junkie in the community and ASBTDC and e for all mm-hmm. and and a number of organizations to help folks at their different time and place and in, in need is I mean, first of all we have a density of those organizations i just named 3 of them yeah yeah uh, a density of those organizations that's that's unlike anywhere i've been i it's i have to uh, part of my job is helping folks when they want to start a business to filter out okay where do i go I see all these organizations and on the surface, it might even look a little bit like they're doing the same thing, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. And sometimes it's helping folks filter out, hey, of these 30 organizations, which two can help me right now to achieve this next milestone yes. or answer this question I have right now? It might be different later, but it's it's fun to be able to help shortcut people. Yeah, I feel like the chamber, that's, that's great. You know, you guys are so good at that. It, connecting those resources and people to those kind of things. So we try. Yes. <laughs> um, so you and your husband came here to Bentonville about 13 years ago, and you're still here. And we're still here. We love it so much. Awesome. Well, let's go back to before you came here. What was your thought when you considered coming to Bentonville? What did you think you were getting into? And then what did you find? <laughs> I was such, I was like such a California snob. Like if you ask anyone that I went to school with, do you think, I was known as Catherine back then. Do you think Catherine would like live in Arkansas? They would just like, like, no, that girl's living in New York. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But so we actually, I, I, if I remember, I'm pretty sure we thought, I don't, I'm going to say this word and it's not the right word. I can't think of enough. We kind of viewed it as almost like a pit stop Uh in our journey. And so my husband got the job and was like, let's just go out there, take the job, and then we'll have time to find something else. I never thought, and especially, I do think too, it's not only the stigma of me being from California and Arkansas, where, I don't know, anyways, but, oh shoot, go back. (laughs) I I was totally okay. Uh, I was asking you what it was that you, yeah, what did you think you were getting into and then what did you find? Yes. I, our family, I think where I was going with that, where I was, what I was going to say is our family was from you know, a much more like West Coast. His family mm-hmm. was in California still. I had a lot in Utah, Idaho kind of area. And so that was kind of hard. And that's why I think even more so than the Arkansas was just the, it's so far from everything and everyone we've ever known. Sure. Why? But the longer we were out here and just the community and the people and my hut, like he really enjoyed his job and like the cost of living and the just kind of like the quality of life. And then we started having, now we have two kids. I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old little girl, mm-hmm. both daughters. And they have, you know, their friends and the schools are so great. And I feel so safe here. And there's so many, it's like, there's so many fun things to do. And yet there's also still like, we're within driving distance of even more, like we love to drive to Destin. That's like one of our favorite vacation things, or we will drive to, you know, Kansas City on mm-hmm. occasion or different places like that. And you kind of like 
get this fun vacation away from home because wherever you live, you can live in the biggest city in the world and you're going to want to just go somewhere to do something. And I feel like we're still located within these really fun pockets. Like we love to go to Silver Dollar City in Branson. That's just a fun little thing. But being in Bentonville itself, it's exactly like we've always talked about. And like what you said, I used to before the podcast and everything. That's how I would describe it to my family and friends as I'm always trying to recruit people out here is I felt like it was living all a lot of the pros of living in a big city without a lot of the cons. And that's exactly how I would kind of yes. pitch it and explain it and how I felt ever since we've lived here. And that's only gotten more true as it's continued to grow. And I have yet to see a lot of those negative pieces that can sometimes come with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So you've been here in a really interesting period, what, 13 years. Yes, Is that accurate? Yes. So uh, tell me how this place has changed since you arrived. Oh, and that's, what, it's funny too, James. It's probably both, but I'm like, has it changed? Have I changed? I think we've both Maybe changed both. together, which is interesting. Maybe we, it was cause and effect, you know, <laughs> but for sure. And I don't know, because again, I think back to when I was first starting and I first heard about Startup Junkie, like mm-hmm. they were kind of new on the scene and I'd have to really go back and get that timetable of, you know, Shark Tank and and things like that. But I didn't even know. I was like, what is this startup junkie? I don't understand. Like what? It's free. I don't under like what? You know, and so just learning more about that and then watching them like get their sea legs and grow even more and then networking with other groups and organizations. And yeah, just watching a lot of these programs continue to pop mm-hmm. up. I mean, just like another one of my random favorite ones is Women Achieve that's done through the shoot, Lindsay Wright Jennings, I believe it is, and a couple other people that work with that one as well. But I went to a couple of their meetings and got to network with a lot of really cool, amazing women. And so, yeah, I think that's always been it is just that special sweet spot. And it's even crazy to me. And I don't, maybe this is normal wherever you go, but like we moved here and right when we moved here, like we found these kind of like friends that were in the same boat, their families were way away. And so Mm -hmm. we just kind of became each other's families. And to this day, like my daughter, she has her best, like we've been friends with these people for like a decade and we go on trips and we hang out and they're amazing, wonderful little humans that aren't our kids have got to grow up together. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where else I would find all of that, the whole package with everything that we've talked about. That is so cool. Um, You know, you mentioned Women Achieve and some other groups. Yeah, I was just thinking, have you have you discovered Fem Health founders yet? Yeah. Oh, Some Elizabeth. Of the newest kids yes. on the block. So again, it's yeah. all such a fun ecosystem. Like uh, startup junkie Brett was the one. He was like, "You gotta go." He actually originally sent me to talk to Elizabeth for this new business because uh-huh. I was like, "I really need some help with the copy, like the words, the mm. word, the this particular thing we're doing." And he was like, "You should talk to Elizabeth. That's yep. kind of what she does." And then I talked to her, and she's like, "So I'm actually kind of busy doing this thing. I love the business. I love what you're doing, but we've got this other thing." going over here with the Fem Health. So we have definitely connected. I absolutely love what they're doing and hope we'll get to continue to connect more down the road. But yeah, so oh, many fun things. Wonderful. Well, I, I'm sorry that she wasn't able to take that time, but I do want to say <laughs> to Elizabeth, because I mentored her through her first accelerator, I'm proud of you for that moment. Uh, you've, you've, you've listened well, you've studied well, you've got to focus on this thing that you're working <laughs> she on. She did it. She did that's, it. That's amazing. That, that, that's really great. Um, that's awesome. So at what point, and I think you kind of talked about it, but maybe if you want to expand more on it, at what point did you really realize that this wasn't just where you lived? but that you belonged here, that this was your tribe? Oh, I think it's when I started 
to feel these connections that like where people like the more I got out and started doing things and seeing people, everyone is so friendly and open. I have honest to goodness, like we've been here over a decade. I have not met a single person who I felt like snubbed by or mm-hmm. less than. And as you know, you see them at the events and it's, oh, hey, and they recognize you. And again, I sometimes almost feel like I'm known as like the Etsy lady. Oh, it's the Etsy lady. This is this is the jewelry, the crazy jewelry Etsy lady. <laughs> but I think that even though it doesn't matter, you know, who you are or where you're from, how long you've been here, how long you like, there's always someone that's just willing to, you know, reach out and help you out. It's it, that's just crazy to me. And I, I've heard you talk about this on the podcast yeah. and how unique that is for this area. But I really do feel like I'm a, a testament to that. Just some of I get the fact that we're here and talking like all of it. It's, it's awesome. You're, you're right. I mean, that is that friendliness and openness is I believe deeply, deeply, deeply rooted in the culture here. And we have so many new people coming here. And when they discover that, even if they're not that way, how can they not, but be that way? Yeah. Because it's so darn refreshing. It's a, yeah. It's, it's instant. You know, you, you discover it and go, yep, I want to be part of that. This is what I've always sought. I want to be part of that. Yeah. And I think that really is, like you said, what's just kind of like drawing people or, or feeling that and getting that. Yeah. So how does Bentonville, and man, it feels like you've partly answered this question then. How does <laughs> Bentonville it. help you and your family live your best lives? Oh, goodness. It is, I think for me, the biggest thing, just like what we talked about a little bit, I think safety is a really big one. Mm-hmm. I just feel so safe here. Like we travel, like we just went to Dallas over spring mm-hmm. break to meet up with some family and stuff. And Dallas was great. And it was lots of, it didn't, maybe it's because I don't live there and I'm not as comfortable and don't, but I, it just didn't have that same feeling of like, I'm raising my family and my kids here and that just the friendliness and the trust and so many pieces of that is really big for me. And I think it's also really fun because you can feel that growth around watching all of these new businesses and parks and museums, like everything just kind of happening. I love to be a part and feel like, oh, there's this new thing. You Mm got to check it. Oh, we just saw this new building going up. That's, that's a really fun piece for me as well. And yeah, but still also like random, like the Spark Cafe, how they still, they're doing all their renovations, but they have the truck out there. I was like, yes. what a, that is such a special place for me and my family here in Bentonville on the square. And my kids would just be so sad if they didn't have that ice cream. And they just, they brought a little truck out just so people could keep getting their Spark ice cream. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, I was sad as just as a human being, but this is going to sound weird as an economic developer when I realized that Spark Cafe was going to be closed while they were renovating the Walmart museum. Uh I was like, but that's such a big deal. I got to tell you. It's crazy. I take people there for meetings. We sit on the square. We have ice cream. There's some other places like Trash Creamery Uh and so uh on in town that we go to and do the same thing. But I legit have business recruiting business meetings. Yep with people with ice cream from Spark Cafe on the square. That is a real thing. You just take it for granted. It's just one of those funny things, the square and that whole just vibe. Like I can't even tell you how many times we've done the lights or just walked around or, you know, done scavenger hunts. Like, Absolutely. Well, let's play a quick game of Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas favorites. Okay. I have a rule. Okay. Oh, you got got a list? I've got a list. I brought a list because of my memory is terrible. And I just in case, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I wrote it somewhere. So tell me your rules. Totally cool. Well, it's really only one rule being that this is the Bentonville Beacon podcast. Okay. 
uh, you are more than welcome. And in fact, should okay. name other places in Northwest Arkansas uh, that aren't in Bentonville, but make sure that you include your favorite Bentonville place in these categories as well. Okay. Okay. The first one is favorite places to take people when they first come to town. First trip here, where do you take them? Yes. You know what? We always, ah, I'm just going to be honest. If it's your first time, we're going to take you to Crystal Bridges yep. and the Walmart Museum. We will we will probably take you to the Amazium. And this is kind of like a fun, again, just random classic staple, but we will take you to the splash pad. I love the Bentonville oh, yes. splash pad. And that was, like maybe it's just because my kids grew up there, but it's just, it's right there. And you've got the food trucks and the stuff. And again, just that safety feeling. Your kids are there playing. It's awesome. So those, if you're first timer, that's where we'll take you. Oh, very cool. Well, you know, nobody has enough time on their first trip. So what's your highlight reel for the second visit? Second, and this is real. Like this is, this is what happens. They come out uh -huh. and visit and then they come back. I know the answers to these <laughs> <Yes>. questions. <laughs> so your second trip, we're definitely going to try to convince you because most likely if you're with me, you're coming from far away. So you're either uh -huh. flying, driving, probably didn't bring your bike. We will try to convince you to rent a bike if you're not already into biking and see if we can dip mm. your toes into the biking community, yes. especially mountain biking. If you are a mountain biker, I still haven't got my brother-in-law out here. He lives in Utah. And I'm like, I keep telling them and try. Well, I've been in, not fights. Fights is not the right word, but with talking to my dad on the phone. We're the mountain bike. No, you're not. That's this place in Utah. No, dad, I'm telling you, you got to come up. We're, I, <laughs> so, Sorry, Moab. <laughs> yeah, so I love, I love taking people on the biking trails. And I think just probably more of the outdoor stuff. Mm -hmm. The second time, some of the, you know, just floating the river and just some of the park, like we love to go to so many of the parks and just the paths and all of that. That is, that's really good. I love that. Yes. Many times on the second visit for me, it's a uh, airship, airship oh, in yep. the middle of uh -huh, color, uh -huh. right? I think it's cool to start off with, hey, we're going to this coffee shop. You can have beer there too, if you want, or a yeah. snack, but we can only get there by trail. Uh -huh. Am I going to have to ride a bike there? to get there? <laughs> oh, we can walk if you want, but you should ride a bike. Yeah. You know, for some folks on that second trip, some on the first trip, it's looking at land and houses. Uh -huh, I uh -huh. mean, if they didn't look the first time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our audience that hasn't visited, you think this is a joke. It is not a joke at all. Because oftentimes, if you're coming back that second time, especially when it's quickly after, mm -hmm. you start going, well, what if I, what if I could live here? Uh-huh. Yep. What would that be like? Uh-huh. Favorite restaurants or food experiences? Okay. I wrote these ones down too because I did not want to forget my lovely shout outs to my favorite food places. We There's love Thai Kitchen in Bentonville. Oh, yes. Mango to curry all day, every day. I also really love Sushi House. Oh, yeah. I love They're that place. on 14th Street. I wish their name kind of drives me crazy because I'm like, no, it literally is. I'm pretty sure it's just Sushi House. <laughs> I love the whole culture of that place. That, it's like get you in yes. and out fast. They bring you lots of free yep. samples. The food's amazing. The exactly. I'm like, don't worry. I mean, we have gotten takeout from there to go because uh -huh. it's delicious sushi, but it's not like if you come, I'm going to take you to sushi. Like my yeah. sister-in-law, like no joke. I know this is not when it airs, she will be gone, but she is coming out like tomorrow to look at houses. Her and her husband live in Arizona <laughs> and they've been out to visit us, I think one or two times. And uh -huh. she's like, we are looking at houses. We are, he has some job interviews, you know, like we're going to try to figure this out, but I'm like, we should go to sushi house. You'll love it. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, sushi house. Wait, what else? Oh, oh, crepes and sunnies. Those are my oh, other two. Crepes Paulette. Crepes has been my favorite forever. I go there so much. I love them. I even before they had their place, they were the food truck. 
Uh-huh. And then they got their plays and I was like, they're so awesome. I love them. I'm so happy for them. Like, they Absolutely. deserve this. I like Sonny's. I like going there to eating, but I just feel like they're almost too healthy for me. Oh, yeah. There's some of their smoothies, but their food. <laughs> it's I'm, really good. I have celiacs, even though I don't have symptoms uh, for it. So it's more yeah. like my doctor's like, you probably should not eat gluten, even though I'm like, oh, I'm fine if I... Anyway, so I go to Sonny's because they have really good gluten-free, delicious smart. options. Very smart. Okay. Favorite places to walk or ride your bike or do whatever you're doing that's not driving around in a car. Hmm... I re we live close to Kohler. And so that is like an always favorite. We actually just went, I mean, like we did cut, there's so many things. Like we did the mm. rail yard with some friends down in Rogers. Oh, that's fun. It was yeah. a little bit of a drive for us, uh, a little bit, which Either is at 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're so the traffic crazy. traffic was so bad. <laughs> that's yeah. what happens though. You're just like, you get so spoiled. If it's not within 10 minutes, man. <laughs> exactly. Favorite date night. Oh, you know what? I'm going to put this plug out there because I don't know why we've kind of like struggled for lack of a better word, but I really like doing me maybe even more so than my husband, like escape rooms with oh, a group of friends. Nice. And I know we've cycled through a couple of those uh -huh. here. And I, I feel like sometimes they struggle. Maybe like we haven't been in a while and yeah. that's probably on me. I need to look up some of the the good escape rooms around here. But I, I just feel like that's one area. I was like, I really like to get a really awesome like escape room. We just- I'll make a note of that. Goofs of that <laughs> kind of thing. We, I, I love it. <laughs> that's cool. Um, favorite places and things to do with the kids, you know, with the full family. Mm. And, and I would like some for a two and a half year old. If yeah, you can. yeah. You're, you're Almost a three. two and a half year old. Yeah. Shoot. What do I do with my kids all the time? They- I, I feel like they're There's not very cool answers. They actually like, they like going to Chuck E. Cheese sometimes. Oh, yeah, they take them course. to Chuck E. Cheese in Benjamin, or I think it's in Rogers. In Rogers yeah, yeah. Um, probably, I think for my kids, they really enjoy like their extracurricular activities. I feel mm -hmm. like we have some really great organizations like my, you know, Brazil's doing her, the soccer stuff, the Bentonville Soccer League mm -hmm. right now with some of her friends and, and she just loves that. But I think just the same thing, like the parks, what are, what are they always asking to do? Oh, let me think for a second. Oh, my four-year-old actually, she's like, please, can we go, can we go to the climbing place? And I'm like, we don't have time. We got to pick up your sister. But that's one of her, just Bentonville Climb is one of her favorite places. So yeah, the kids just mostly like outdoor anything. Yeah, all kinds. Well, I mean, you got the amazium and all the parks and. Sure. Well, now you can take your kid to the quick climb, you know, the boulder behind 8th Street. Uh, the 8th Street Market. Have you yes. seen that? No, we haven't been to 8th Street Market in just a quick minute. They they dropped a boulder behind it. There's a climbing boulder now. And they just climb on it? Yeah, like yeah it's a climbing funsy? boulder. But it's legit a climbing boulder. They put it there. And so you just, you show up it. and you climb. Oh my yeah. gosh, she will love that. My four-year-old is the funniest little thing you've ever seen. She's just going to think that's going to be the best thing. I'm going to totally check it out and go get that, that cheese place down there. Oh, like, what is oh, that? Sweet, sweet Freedom, Freedom Cheese. Yes, yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I could just, you know, I could probably just hang out and live at 8th Street Market, you know, to Yayo's, go get a little coffee or chocolate at, uh, is it Kia, Kia, Kaya, whatever the name of the place is. Kiva. Kai, no, not Kaya. Kiva. Yeah, yeah, I was Kaya, thinking. Yes. Yeah, Kaya. Uh, get a beer at, at Bike Rack. Uh -huh. Have a little Sweet Freedom Cheese. Sweet There's Freedom a little cheese. I, Love I, it. Like ice so cream fun. place. That, there's so much going on there. Oh my yes. gosh, now I'm hungry. What do you want to highlight that I've missed here? Ooh, I had some asks. Oh, some asks. Okay, we need some places. 
my my wife. Um, I'll go ahead and put the, put the Persian restaurant on the 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 list because this is what my wife and my mother in law and father in law are are demanding. Uh-huh. Persian restaurant, Benville, Arkansas. Come on. And now I'm embarrassed. I thought I wrote down my ask and I didn't. The only one that I'm thinking of right now is I have become obsessed with pickleball. Oh, yeah. And I would love, I know we have options and they're building options Uh and things are happening, but I just want to make sure everyone understands. Like, I'm pretty sure this is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And I'm a little obsessed and think it's the funnest form of exercise I've ever done and will ever do. So I would love to see just more pickleball options. Uh, there may be more options coming to Hooray, town. Hooray, I knew it. <laughs> I didn't say there are. I said there may be. I can neither confirm nor deny. Cat, uh, uh, tell me a story. This will be a hashtag because Bentonville story. That's something that can only happen here or it's a moment or it describes the essence of this place. Yeah, I am going to say, I don't, ha- I'm not like really into the celebrity encounter kind of uh-huh. stuff. So besides everything we've talked about with just the connections and culture, I think my Bentonville moment is like this moment with you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because it's just so full circle. And it's really, I feel like a true testament to everything we're talking about. Like I am talking to James on the Bentonville Beacon podcast and I I run an Etsy shop. I've been here for a while, but I'm, real, I, I'm not related to anyone. I'm not, you know, I don't have, my company has... 10 employees, not a thousand employees. And yet you're, we're taking this time to share my story. Mm-hmm. Again, the, if I can do it, anyone can do it. If I am welcome here, like anyone is welcome here. But like, I just, I love this piece of Bentonville. And it's like the true testament of that. The fact that I'm able to come on the show and share my story with others. Where else, like, where else could you find that kind of just hospitality and warmth and connection. And like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a, a multi-billionaire. Like, come on, you know, come on the show, share your experience. Well, Tell absolutely. us about your businesses and what's going on in your life. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we want to share you and, you know, the real economic development isn't the work that I do. I mean, I, I, I help connect people to help speed up their process and so on. But it is the business leaders in this town. You are the ones building it because nothing else happens unless you do what you do. Mm, yeah. I mean, nothing, none of it works unless you do what you do. Don't you, don't you dare discount your ripple. Everyone's ripple, James. I'm telling <laughs> you, ripple. you're here for a reason. We're all here. Like it's right. all just connected and beautiful. Okay. We're running tight on time. I have a few closing questions. Some are random, some aren't. The first very important question is how do people reach you? Or, or any of your businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to cathutchings.com, Etsy Consulting. There's also just like a contact me page on mm-hmm. there. And you can, I love to make connections all over. If there was anything you had more questions about or just wanted to say, hey, I, I feel the same. I relate to you. Feel free to drop me um, a message there. I'm on Instagram, I think, as Cat Hutchings. I'm not 100% sure. You can probably find me on there. You can definitely find my Etsy shops if you go to Spotlight Jewelry or Moonlight Supplies. So spotlightjewelry.com, moonlightsupplies.com. You can message me on Etsy. The new business website, I will put it out there because I am very, very confident. We will at least, if the website isn't up and running by the time this airs, we will have a landing page where you can leave your email to get information. Nice. But it's going to be called um, Wonderlight Jewelry. And it is going to be all about intentional gemstone pieces. So 
you'll be able to pick each gemstone will have a meaning. And so it's like you can kind of create your own necklace with the different stones that you're focusing on. Like, you know, right now, the one I'm wearing is like creativity and gratitude and clarity just with the focus of what I'm doing. So just kind of like to help ground you, center you. They make really fun gifts. If you want to, you know, you can pick out, we have like 26 different stones. So you could go in and pick your wife's favorite. Like, what do I want her to feel and be able to be known, you know, just have kind of like close to her heart. So it's going to be wonderlightjewelry.com. Yep. Very nice. I'll have to check that out. What do you most want women entrepreneurs to know? To think bigger for sure. Like that would be, again, advice. I would probably go back and I thought if I could tell myself something, it would be like, think bigger. You, every time, like we talk about, like with this new business, I'm considering taking on VC funding just because Mm -hmm. I know how fast and quickly it's still not a hundred percent sure, but I hear those stats about how little money goes to women and, you know, minority business owners. And I think sometimes it's because we not, you know, there's a million reasons, but for me, it's, I get in that headspace of, it's like the, who am I to do this, to take Mm -hmm. up this space? And it's like, why not? Why not grow this business huge? Maybe you want to, maybe you don't, but at least go down that path, like head down that journey and see where it takes you. And don't let that fear stop you. There's a, I'm a big believer, like you can have fear with dread and that's not good. But if it's fear with excitement, Mm -hmm. you do it, you know? That is solid. All right. We're going to leave it there. And I'm going to ask you one last question. This is uh, what something I should have asked you that I did not ask. This is your chance to say whatever you want to say. Another, I'm such a goob. It's going to bug me. I love, I forgot to tell you, one of my favorite places recently is the Lady Slipper. I was going to mention that. I just had, I was like, I forgot to talk about the Lady Slipper. I go there with some of my girlfriends sometimes. It's a new place that opened up and I just love it. So everything else completely nailed was super fun. And I'm so grateful again that we were able to do this and connect. Yeah, same, same. Thank you uh, for spending time with me and the Bentonville Beacon audience today. Thank you for your, your time and insights that you offered uh, just about three years ago, because it really did help me and my family make this decision uh, to That's come awesome. here. It, I mean, it was others and, and you that made it crystal clear. We had to come here to live our best lives. So good. And we had to be part of the Bentonville family. I appreciate you sharing your story with the audience. I can't wait to see how your fourth business be great. <laughs> builds and grows. That's, that's amazing. I, I love hearing about that and can't wait to see that. Awesome. Thank you, James. Hey, thanks to the uh, Bentonville Beacon audience. Without you, we couldn't even have this show. So if you will, share this episode and others with your friends. Keep coming back for more to hear more about Bentonville and its leaders who are really sparking the rise of this place, about this place here in Northwest Arkansas where you can get more of what you want, less of what you don't. Check out all of our episodes at bentonvillebeacon.com or on your favorite podcast player. You may be listening now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or most any uh, other player that's out there. So hit that subscribe button. Thanks. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.